Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of The Bootcast with Irish Bootstrapper. I'm your host Eugene Devereaux and this is Series 3, Episode 5. Our next guest on the show is a very apt, very appropriate guest. He's a man who has served time in the army, has overcome many challenges himself in his own life and now works as a change specialist with organisations and individuals. So very appropriate to have him on as the world goes through the whole COVID-19 scenario. Uh, We have some great book recommendations in today's episode as well as some tips and tricks that you too can use at home to to help you to overcome different challenges, maybe mental challenges or just to to deal with uh, COVID or any of your new realities that you're facing or going to face. So without further ado, please welcome Mr. Stephen McDonnell on Series 3, Episode 5, Mental Awareness with Stephen McDonnell. Stephen, thanks for coming on the show. Not at all. Delighted to be asked. Cheers. Very good. Um, so, Stephen, for, for anybody watching or listening, can you tell us a bit about yourself, what you, what you do, where you're from, and what's your, what's your story? Yeah, I suppose um, I'm from Navan, so it's, it's in County Meath, uh, 50 kilometres northwest of, of Dublin. So it's it's small town, well, big town for Ireland, small town for the rest of the world. Uh, I am a coach, so I, I help people basically go through change and I'm an organizational change coach as well so I work with organizations on that side as well I was asked about this a couple of times this week and the best description I have is if people are willing to take the red pill I'm, I work with them to make sure that they can actually get through that process and become the person the leader the the organization that they want to become Brilliant. super so a change specialist is is kind of that's that'd be the best way to put it yeah yeah and just I suppose because we're in the amidst the middle of COVID-19, like coping with COVID is, can be kind of hard for people. And, you know, there's a lot of change happening at the moment. So what would be top, top tips, say top, top three tips that you could give people today to improve their, their mood and, you know, like build, build resilience into their, into their mindset, I suppose. Yeah. I think resilience is, 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 is one of those buzzwords at the moment. A lot of people trying to figure out what that means and, and what it means to, to develop it. Um, I suppose three big tips that I would always give people, and it doesn't matter what you want to do, is first of all, breathe. Uh, I think we, we spend a lot of time doing a lot of things and we forget to, to concentrate in our breath. So if we actually breathe properly, breathe well, uh, that has a big impact. The second one would be sleep. Um, I've been doing a lot of reading into sleep recently and the impact of lack of sleep uh, just across our lives in general in so many ways is phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And the, the third is get out, get out and about. Like we're, yeah, we are in, I call it hibernation. I, I, I'm very par- passionate about words. I think words have a really important meaning. We're in hibernation at the moment, so we are going to come out of it, but we can get out, get out and about. I think movement helps you get more breaths get you out and about the fresh air it's i think those three things are probably my top three tips was keeping keeping on kind of me- people's mental health like i know there can be a stigma attached to mental health where oh huge. you know you know people kind of yeah it's yeah. breaking down it, it is shifting i am and i have seen let's let's look at the benefits of of this hibernation mode there, there's been an, a really strong discussion around mental health and mental wellness and mental awareness and I've noticed a shift in language as well uh, which has been quite subtle but I think really going to serve everybody going forward where when people are talking about mental health they're talking about other people 
And now when people are talking about mental health for themselves, they're talking about mental awareness. I'm more aware of how I feel. I, I'm aware of, of what sensations I'm feeling. So I'm hearing more people talk about mental awareness, which I think is something that if we recognize and double down on, people can get a huge amount of benefit from that. That's interesting because, you know, I kind of suffered with my mental health in the past and you do kind of self-consciously think that's this idea that you're kind of isolated now into this box. Oh, dear, mental health, the poor chap, you know, and then everybody else is normal, kind of. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like the old days where uh, he's taken to his bed. Um, but yeah, no, and look, I had a wobble myself in, in 2012 and anybody who, anybody who hasn't probably will in the future. And a lot of people who have don't necessarily want to talk about it, but I think mm. being open and straight about it, you can help so many people because when you talk about it and explain it, people can go, actually, that's, that's what I'm feeling. And, yeah. uh, I was watching a, a short video there recently, uh, Rory stories. He's a guy up in Ashford. Yeah. And he did one where he called a per, uh, one of his workmates who was missing out on calls. And it's quite interesting that the language that his workmate used to describe what could be described as a, as, as a low moment or a, sl- a slight bit of depression. Yeah. Or it was just a different way of describing it. And I think that, mm. that ability to talk about it allows different directions of description to come in, yeah. which allows people to realize, okay, well, actually yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling so how how can I get past this and like the great the one absolutely wonderful thing about where we are today is there's so much information about how to how to use your strengths and that's mm-hmm. what I'm passionate about is, is use the strength inside you and that's why I love coaching because coaching is all about your strengths it's not about me telling you what to do it's about let's figuring out what can you do with your strengths yeah yeah and using them to to, to become a better person it's fantastic Brilliant. And and you mentioned uh, there before, just like the description and the way that people describe stuff, like how, how important are the words that people use? Oh, uh, I, I did a webinar this week with uh, Kinch Lyons on, on language and, and it's, it's quite funny how important words are. And like, there's, there's one word that I love and I'm really getting through at the moment. And it's from a book by Carol Dweck called uh, Mindset and it's about developing a growth mindset. Yeah. And it's the word yet. And if, if you say something like, I can't do that, your brain goes, okay, well, I'm not even going to try. Well, you put yet at the end of that. I can't do that yet. Your brain goes, okay, well, let's, let's see how we can get there. And it just allows that yeah. to happen an awful lot better. Uh, another one I love is don't. So do you ever notice on the radio shows, and particularly when Hector was on the radio, he had the, 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 the quiz. Oh, yeah. Quiz, and the first thing he says, don't panic. Yeah. <laughs> What that's actually doing is telling your brain to panic. Yeah. If you, there's a study that was done, I think it was the white elephant or the pink elephant. So people were told, half of the people in the study were told, think of a white elephant. Hmm. And half of the people were told, don't think of a white elephant. Yeah. The cohort who were told, don't think of a white elephant, thought of it twice as often as the cohort that didn't. It's amazing. It's so, fright, frightening as well, because if you think about... Let's, let's think about how we talk about our own language. Don't have that drink. Don't eat that cake. Don't do that. All your brain is hearing is do that, do that, do that. And for me, like in Ireland, one of the big things that I get frustrated with and is the drinking driving campaign. Like I preferred an approach of make a choice, drink or drive. Mm. 
we have that nationally a slogan, don't drink and drive. Mm. And the brain hears drink and drive. Yeah, yeah. So it's actually self-defeating from the linguistics. Um, and even to just to give you an example, I'm going to tell you to think of something that we haven't talked about and your, your listeners wouldn't have talked about in the last, last few minutes, but don't think of a giraffe. Yeah. Boom, it's in the head. Straight away. <laughs> Jesus. Oh, it's mad. Um, just kind of on, on travel, a lot of the, the guests and kind of one of the teams of the podcast is, is around travel. But what have you learned from travel yourself? Um, I, I don't like airplanes. It's a great thing. Um, with my previous role, um, I used to do a huge amount of traveling in, in, in 2009. Like I did 42 trips into Europe. Uh, it was a lot of airport time, a lot of, a lot of travel time. I learned, that's probably the, 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 the best thing about it was I learned to use the time wisely. So mm. I would use audiobooks. I, I've audible on my phone. I consume audiobooks at, at a ma- massive rate. Um, I hate just sitting there just wasting time. Um, and I also love watching people. Like when, you, when you're in the, in the airports and you just watch people, you can see how different people react and yeah, yeah. what they do. And you can nearly predict through somebody's walk, if they're feeling anxious, what they're going to do next. And it, yeah. it's that level of, um, of, of human awareness is something I really enjoy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the airport is a, it's a funny place. It um, is. It is. It is. What's the most adventurous thing you've ever done? Uh, yeah, this, this is, this is an interesting question because there's a couple of different things that kind of pop in as adventurous. Yeah. Um, I suppose start my own business was a big one. Um, so walking away from the old, as they say, permanent pensionable job, but it was, it, it was adventurous, but planned mm. and structured. Um, another adventurous thing, uh, I was thinking about this over the last couple of days, jumping off the Neary pier. Right. In full combat gear with yeah. a backpack. Right. <laughs> which every cell in your body was saying, stop, don't do that, you're stupid. Yeah. But it was part of a, a confidence training program within the army. Um, and it's, it, was, it was things like that that when I think about them, they were really adventurous in relation to pushing myself forward. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I gained a huge amount from it in relation to, to confidence and the understanding of how to actually to overcome a narrative in my own in my own mind and and how like how high was the pier uh i'd say it was about it was about three seconds in a drop so i'd say it's about 15 maybe not probably about eight to ten meters yeah, Jeez, uh, yeah. but when you're going down it feels like an age because yeah, yeah. you're expecting to be in water and it hasn't <laughs> happened and then you'd put out a breath and all of a sudden you're on the water and you can't breathe <laughs> and and what was what was the hardest part like of that whole sequence of action. The hard part was actually stepping off. Yeah. Um, and I suppose the, the, the really interesting part in that was when we got back up, the next phase of that was actually stand up on a table, which is only about two and a half, three feet higher. Yeah. And it was four, four to five times harder to step off. Really? Yeah. Jeez. On that. Yeah. Because you knew what was happening. Yeah. You knew what was coming next. <laughs> Um, but it's it the things like that that I've I've managed to push through. Like I, I wouldn't be the, the best man for heights, mm. but even doing uh, climbing poles for adventure courses, for leadership development courses, just pushing myself and recognizing yeah. the the fear. And I'm a firm believer in 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 
face your fears. It's, it's a massive resilience door because yeah. if you face your fears, you know that when you have that feeling and you don't know what it's from, yeah. you can move through it. Yeah, it's brilliant. You mentioned then in the pre-interview just about the marathon. Yeah, yeah. Done two of them. <laughs> so t- tell me about... <laughs> yeah, that is, I suppose the huge achievement was the first one. Um, yeah. 1993, I did it with a friend of mine, Rob Kelly. Um, we had a great idea to run the marathon and we had all these ideas about how to train from it and the whole lot. Realistically, the marathon was on a Monday. The Thursday beforehand, we did an eight-kilometer run. <laughs> Uh, which was, uh, looking back on it, not very clever, but uh, we managed to, to do the marathon and, and yeah. did the marathon three hours, three minutes. Three hours, three minutes? Yeah, yeah. Whoa, that's that's a super time. It was fantastic. Oh, look, we were young and fit at the time and a Jesus. bit more hair, which helped as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, stuff. Yeah, like, that, was, that was a great achievement. And again, it's, it's, it's that focus on mindset that, like, with marathon running, 80% of it's in the mind. Yeah. And if you're, if you're physically fit, you can win it. And, and what would you have been, would you have had a good baseline? Would, were you relatively fit up to the, the eight? Yeah, no, in fairness, I would have been quite fit. Yeah. Well, relatively fit. Uh, I won't say quite fit compared to some of my peers at the time, but I was in the army. Uh, we're after going through, um, doing my apprenticeship training at the apprentice school in Nice. So we would do regular PT, regular fitness, and there'd be a fair bit of competition in the platoon as well to, to make sure you able to actually do do the runs because nobody wants to be last. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and um, did, did you think before going into the marathon that, okay, I like, did you have a goal in mind or were you going in with, oh, this is going to be a struggle? Uh, no, the goal in mind was to finish it. Yeah. And like the, the, the approach we took and the, the kind of the, the mindset on it was we've, we've done that across the Wicklow Hills. Yeah, and yeah, if you yeah. do 26, 25, 30 kilometers on a hill mm. running on reasonably flat ground shouldn't be too bad because you've got runners instead of boots you don't have weight in your back yeah um <laughs> so there's all the kind of the sensible things around that as well yeah um I love, yeah. yeah a bit of peer pressure probably popped in there as well if you, if you say you're going to do it you got to do it <laughs> it's good stuff well done what would have been your biggest kind of life lessons that you've learned from being in the army then yeah, um, I spent a year in South Lebanon with the with the UN. Um, and I, I learned a huge amount about life uh, during that phase. Um, I learned a lot, and at the time I didn't know how to verbalize it. But I've, I've read a book since uh, called Power Versus Force. But I, heard, I learned a lot about the benefit of power and the benefit of force. So power is when you, you, you want to do something, you can make it happen. Mm. And like the Irish in South Lebanon had a huge amount of power and it was societal power because it was true respect and true mm. the visibility of the Irish battalion living their, their, their Irish culture in South Lebanon. Like yeah. they were very caring for the, the community and they got a huge amount of respect and a huge amount of um, kudos. Yeah, yeah. As a result of that, interesting. Um, and the flip side of that is the power, where uh, it, it's it's akin to oppression, and you had different uh, organisations trying to 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 wield their power, and mm. through wielding the power, you got a lot of struggle, a lot of lot of negativity. So, I've, as a result of that, I've been, and it's one of the things that I would look at, and particularly in organisations when I'm working at them, is is the change happening through force, yeah, or through power. Yeah, 
Um, and it's, if it's through force, it tends not to be, to be, it tends to be short lived. If it's, if it's done and there's power from it, it tends to be longer, longer living. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, and that book as well that you mentioned, Power Versus Force. Power Versus Force. I can't remember the author of it, but it's, it's, a, it's a tough read. Um, but it's, it's really well worth um, reading because it gives a good insight into to a lot of things. Like if you look at like a simple thing, um, a, a, a lump of concrete, mm. that's force yeah. holding, ground, holding what's underneath it to, to grow through. But no matter how long you leave a lump of concrete, there'll always be a sort of plant that will come through it. And that's, that's power. Yeah, <laughs> and it doesn't matter how much force you use, the the power can, tends to win through the whole time. Yeah, it's good. It's a good analogy. Um, yeah. Any other good book recommendations? Oh, I love books. Um, my absolute favorite one, and one I would re- remind or advise everybody to read, is Atomic Habits by a guy called James Clear. I, I just got it myself. <laughs> oh, phenomenal book. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to starting it. I, I've, I'm reading three other books at the moment, but yeah, yeah. I've, I've, yeah, I've recommended that to so many people, and they've they've pulled away so many benefits from it. It is yeah. without shadow, without the best book I read last year. Um, Absolutely phenomenal, easy read. Um, what I really like about it, it's based, there's a huge amount of it based on research and on science. It's mm. not like you can get a lot of books that are, some people call it airy, a little bit airy fairy. Yeah. Uh, but that is really sharp to the point how to make it happen. Um, I, I've, I've learned so much. I'm very thankful to, to James Clear for that as well. Brilliant. Um, just when you mentioned airy fairy, have you read, I'm, I'm finishing off one at the moment. It's called The Secret. Yeah, it's sold millions of copies. Have you read that one? Yes. What's your What's your take on it? Um, there's There's bits in it that I I I kind of resonate with. Um, yeah. I thought the funniest thing I've heard about the secret was uh, I was at a talk with uh, Dr. John Mart- Martini. Oh yeah, and uh, his take on the secret, which was I thought was quite funny, was he was interviewed for three hours and they used thirty seconds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's certain parts of it in there. Um, and look, I'm a firm believer if something helps somebody to get through something, it's, yeah. it's good. Um, it wouldn't be my go to. I, I, like, I've read the, listened to the audiobook, I haven't bought a copy of it. Um, there are, I think, more powerful um, books out there to help people achieve change and to achieve uh, better. Like, one that I'm, I'm really enjoying at the moment it's by uh, two irish um psychologists and psychiatrists um the para small oh, by yeah. ashling and trish Curtin smith uh and it's based on acceptance commitment therapy which is really kind of finding its feet at the moment uh, that's a really really good book for anybody who's struggling um another one that's really good is uh first make the beast beautiful I can't remember beautiful. who it's by. It's by a lady who used to be the uh, the involved in cosmopolitan in Australia, and okay. she suffered with OCD and anxiety. And it's a very candid and very raw view of what it's like to live with anxiety and with OCD and and other topics around that area. And it's it's, it's very insightful read and I, I think a lot of people could get some real benefit from that as well if they are challenged or if they feel they're struggling brilliant super what's what has been your most proud professional moment to date 
proud professional moment. Um, I, I like one that I really kind of look back on is uh, in my previous role. I was was asked to organise an international event mm. uh, where pe- um, business leaders from different parts of the world for the company that I was working with. Uh, brought them all to Ireland, set up a full conference for, for the couple of days. And I had the keynote of about 45 minutes. And within that 45 minutes, uh, I had structured a, a kind of a conversation with type yeah. of approach. And, and that allowed an awful lot of change to come into that organization as a result. So I, I, I'm very, very proud of that. Um, another one, and again, it's it's similar company was... Uh, in 2008, 2009, it went through a takeover and been asked to, to lead a, uh, it, like I was leading a team of five at the time and then been asked to take on board a team of 25 uh, and that developed into external subcontractors across multiple streams of the business as well. Okay. Um, I think they, they would be two that I would put up there as, as uh, big achievements. Brilliant. Good stuff. Admirable leaders or people who are kind of in, in leadership either now or in the past. Yeah, and I suppose one now, and and people will, there are political people who will berate me for it. For, um, but where we are at the moment, like we're in week, our day sixty four, I think, of uh, the schools being off with mm. COVID nineteen here in Ireland. We're in hibernation for a lot. Um, but one person who's really stood up in my um, my rating as le- as a good leader has actually been Simon Harris. Uh, I, for a person who absolutely got slaughtered in the elections, mm. slaughtered before the elections, wasn't given us any sort of credibility and people tried to break him down to stand up and take what really is a monumental challenge on. And he's done it so well. Like the, there's a couple of things that I think he's done fantastic. And this is at a governmental level as well. Mm. The separation of the political talk and the medical talk. So allowing the, the, the CMO and the health service to talk without politicians being present. Yeah. We're one yeah. of the few countries I've seen that happen. And it's, it's brought people so much uh, trust in that area. Um, his engagement with particularly kids and the recognition of the impact of all these things. And for me, that's, that's what a leader emulates is actually mm. awareness because I, I qualified in, uh, training and, and administering emotional intelligence assessments yeah. and emotional intelligence is, is about understanding yourself understanding others and understanding everything around you uh, i think he's really shown that in so many ways over the last number of months and particularly in a job where he technically doesn't have anymore <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which which if you're going to stand up and be counted for and do something where you technically are not meant like that's that's fantastic. Um, another another one would be the the uh, prime minister of Australia or of New Zealand. Mm. I think she's been fantastic. Like you had the shooting down there, you've had the earthquakes, mm. uh, you've had their re, their readjustment of their financial policy in relation to wellness measurements rather than uh, GDP measurements, and then the approach that they've taken on COVID as well. I think they going against so many things that people would consider as the standard normal mm. to make change for is the better good. Like that's yeah. phenomenal power. And even the, the vulnerability that she shows 
when she's when she's unhappy, she shows she's unhappy. When she's sad, she's she's no problem. And well, she had I won't say no problem, but she mm. she was able to share share her her um, yeah. loss with, when the shootings and and being able to 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 normalize bringing a child into the workplace. Like that's something that we we've all enjoyed over the last couple of months is <laughs> yeah. to be real humans and to say actually I'm not working from home. I'm doing my full time job from home in a crisis yeah yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> um what would be your favorite quote one that i keep on coming back to is the optimist expects the wind the pessimist gives out about the the wind and the realist adjusts the sails <laughs> i guess that that type that type of approach is a lot of what I would like to do and I would advise with other people is you, you, you get to choose. And those three roles are one of the roles you can choose every single day. And the joy of that choice is you get to live with the benefit from making that choice. And all it is is a choice. And it's just a mindset thing. It's like what we said earlier on about the word yet. It's a choice. So, yeah, that's, that's one that I really, really, really resonate with. Super. It's a, it's a good one to end on. And just before we wrap up, Stephen, how can people reach out to you, maybe avail of your services, get in touch? To yeah, I'm, coach I'm, and- I'm available pretty much everywhere. I'm on Twitter as uh, Timesworth, at Timesworth. I'm on Facebook. Uh, website's under review at the moment, so you can get me easily. It's on the phone, 87 uh, or by email, and that's stephen at confident.ie. Okay, Stephen at confident.ie or the phone number as well, folks. So, Stephen McDonald, thanks a million for coming on the bootcast and uh, best of luck. Mind yourself and uh, keep the fire burning. It's been a pleasure, Eugene. Thanks a million. Cheers. Thanks a million. Bye bye. Bye bye.